Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center on the phone line with us uh, this morning from uh, the swamp in our nation's capital. Yael, good morning. Good morning, Joe. It's uh, it's a bit mucky, it's a bit dirty, but I'm surviving here in Washington D.C. I hope you brought your hazmat suit because you're going to need to get uh, showered. Uh, the old uh, the old hose in the backyard. That's how you're going to have to get cleaned off, uh, like the old days. Well, turn on the spigot. I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right. So in Washington D.C., uh, obviously promoting consumer choice and uh, freedom which are two great things uh, that uh, our country, uh, well, cherishes uh, along with its people. That said, uh, during this week's uh, State of the Union address, uh, obviously a lot of talk about socialized medicine by those on the left, uh, Medicare for all. In our state, they want to expand the Medicaid program, despite the fact that uh, we've already seen hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, improperly paid out uh, monies and benefits through Medicaid here in our state. They want to expand it rather than try and fix it first. The president announced that, of course, while he is the commander in chief, there will never be socialized medicine. And I just want to get some thoughts and uh, your takeaway from that, given that, of course, there are other countries around the world uh, that have a socialized medicine uh, approach to the way in which uh, they care for people in their country. Yeah, Joe, I don't know how it uh, how it felt for, for you and your listeners, but very emotional state of the union um you know i I had to kind of ask for a napkin to uh, clean up the tears um after watching some of the stories and i got to tell you some of some of the great stuff that uh, trump was able to talk about the economy about some of the the great choices that americans now have thanks to some of the reforms i think that was great and uh something that whether or not you agree with the president or uh you know many of the ideas or things that he says or his rhetoric at least the policies have been very positive and impactful and, yeah, I do think this point about health care uh, was huge. Um, he mentioned that, you know, unlike other countries in the United States, they will never allow socialism uh, to impact the health care system. And I think that was very good. It was very positive. Um, I think it gives a rebuke to many people who, as he pointed out, had voted in that very chamber uh, for Medicare for all plans. And, uh, you know, while everyone would agree that having good health care is important and vital, um, it's another question about whether or not it should be the federal government who is best positioned to do that and to deliver it and to make sure that we get quality care for ourselves and our families. So I think Trump struck a very, very good note there. And, you know, we had very good examples uh, that he had mentioned about how socialism has failed in many other countries. And people are stuck with waiting lines. They don't have the same level of innovation with either pharmaceutical or the healthcare systems that we have in the U.S. It was definitely something to cherish. Hopefully people can take a little bit of a message from that. Um, there's a lot of very high points that I think came out of the speech. Uh, definitely that, that kind of got my goat, I'll tell you that. So very happy to hear um, Trump's endorsement of keeping our, our kind of free enterprise healthcare system, making sure that we can protect choice for patients, for consumers. Super happy to hear that. I think overall is a pretty good speech. Now, ultimately, when it comes to health care, if only Congress could get their act together, particularly Republicans, you know, not too long ago, they had control and majority in both the House and the Senate, but could not pass any type of impactful legislation that would continue that trend of more choice, openness, transparency in the way in which we consume health care in our country. So we need a plan. Yeah. It's fun to call it yeah. out, but we need some plans moving forward. And, you know, there's been pretty good ideas that have been floated forth. And, uh, you know, we've talked about on this show, people should really look into direct primary care for yourself and your family. But 
Also, the idea of just letting companies compete. You know, there's a Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina and Idaho and Vermont and Florida, and they're all independent entities that are not allowed to have people pooled in from different states. I mean, that alone is just preposterous. If we were able to allow competition across state lines, we'd have much more competitive insurance, and then we can focus more on care. Because that, that's kind of the, the sad part in all of this, Joe, is we've been talking about health care, uh, quote-unquote, really since Barack Obama was president. But it's never been about care. It's always about insurance and who pays for it. And we've never really been able to discuss, you know, how do you get the best care? And really the answer to that is you need more competition, more innovation. You need the best and the brightest and the smartest minds. You have to make sure that our doctors are well compensated. We have to make sure that they're not going to be struck with bogus lawsuits. Um, that happens a lot to our doctors in this country. I think that's, that's something that really needs to be discussed a lot more. There are things that we can do immediately. Uh, like you said, though, we need a plan. We need um, Congress to vote on it, Congress to get in on it. But at the same time, it really comes down to the local community and, and where we put our feet, where we put our votes, and where we put our dollars. That's the most important thing. If, if people are willing to speak up for more choice, if they're willing to actually use their dollars and empower their families, I think that's going to make a huge impact. And you know, maybe then we can uh, kind of change the winds here in D.C. and then maybe make it so that people have more freedom instead of less. And, uh, you know, I stand corrected. There have been, uh, you know, incremental movements in uh, changes to our health care system. Uh, association health plans come to mind. Uh, you know, folks uh, that are you know, independently employed are able to now, you know, come together, uh, you know, with like uh, competitors and entities to compete and uh, get insurance uh, through uh, different ways. So there has been some movement, but as far as an overhaul, uh, we're still waiting for that. And of course, you know, let's compare and contrast. Uh, we talked about uh, how we want more freedom in our system. Well, there are other countries out there that uh, have a socialized medicine, a, a single-payer type system. Uh, just to the north, your native land also uh, has gone the way of kind of socialized medicine. But that comes at a cost, and it is a very high cost when it comes to taxation. Yeah, and it's it's definitely going to be a different level of taxes. If we're talking about Medicare for All, um, you know, that's going to mean that all of you are going to have to pay, instead of paying your normal, whatever, 8 to 10% on your paycheck that goes into things like Medicare or Social Security, um, that might have to go up to 20, 22, 24%. Um, many other industrialized countries that have, you know, the big healthcare systems, it's pretty much normal that people are going to be paying 40 or 50% of their income in taxes. Now, uh, the part of that that is healthcare is usually about half, it's normally about 25%. Um, that's just not what we've been paying so far in this country. And then again, it's not how it should be done. You know, we don't expect uh, to have the government deliver our Amazon packages. We we don't expect that the government is going to, um, you know, try to give us food every day. We have markets for a reason. We have choice for a reason. We have competition for a reason. You know, doctors back in the day were paid by people who needed care, and they were paid directly. You didn't have any middlemen. And uh, people, you know, were able to live long. They were able to get their illnesses. Um, they were able to improve and recover. I think we can have that. And we just have to look not uh, backwards, but we have to look forwards towards what people want. And people want competition. They want choice. They want to know their doctor. They don't want to deal with a bureaucrat to try to explain the costs. And that goes as much for insurance and, and a lot of the bureaucracy there. But I think that can be done away with if we have more competition, if you just allow people to, as you said before, set up their own associations. I know a lot of religious organizations are doing this, uh, kind of starting their own health cooperatives 
you know, as long as you follow the rules A, B, and C, you're allowed to be in the pool of people who are insured. I think that's a great alternative. Um, that's why smart, innovative people uh, are just as badly needed in healthcare as they are in law, because there's too many lawyers now, Joe, <laughs> not enough innovative people in the healthcare industry. Yael Osowski from the Consumer Choice Center with us, uh, the global grassroots center and movement for consumer choice, consumerchoicecenter.org, also host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock here on the Big Talker FM. Lastly, on healthcare, I caught an article at the Washington Examiner this week uh, focused on Canadian healthcare, the only high-income country with universal healthcare that bans its citizens from purchasing private insurance, the article reads. That said, as a result, well, there are are some consequences to that uh, as it relates to wait time for specialist uh, treatment and whatnot. Uh, whereas in this country, you know, I, I tear up my knee going to, you know, playing a, a weekend warrior uh, uh, on the football field. And uh, by and large, uh, the next day or so, I can get in to see a, a specialist or an orthopedic doctor to get it diagnosed and get the, uh, you know, treatment moved forward. Uh, the Canadians, uh, not the case. It seems like uh, up to 21 weeks, the median wait time to receive some type of specialist treatment uh, like uh, an orthopedic uh, surgeon uh, to get looked at. Yeah, and there, there it's really bad. And, it, you know, if you think it's bad for someone like you, Joe, who's, um, you know, in tip-top physical condition <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a younger age, imagine what it's like for, you know, seniors and older people uh, who usually are moved down the list. Um, this has happened to my grandmother um, for sur some surgeries that she's needed, a lot of friends, and there have been a lot of stories that have been told in the media there as well. You know, if you have a system that you're going to give to the government that the government will control, um, you know, you're, you're not a patient anymore. You're just a number, and people become um, just another number in the algorithm, and, uh, you know, your needs are not that high compared to this other person, and it doesn't become about care. It just comes about, you know, what we're able to provide today according to how much our budget is. And I think that's bad. It's what is kind of failing in a lot of the Canadian provincial systems, and it's one that I hope we can avoid in the United States. So, again, very happy to hear uh, Trump's uh, rebuke of socialism in health care, and hopefully we can keep up the fight for more choice and competition. As we move uh, through this uh, campaign and election cycle, of course, uh, what a mess uh, the Democratic uh, caucus was in Iowa earlier this week. And now we go to New Hampshire, South Carolina, and then heading into you know, Super Tuesday, March 3rd, our primary here in North Carolina. How do you think, how do you think things are going to shake out? Obviously, some, some movement can be made over the first early primary states. Uh, that said... Uh, North Carolina, you know, front and center, we've got uh, uh, Michael Bloomberg back uh, political action committee pouring hundreds of thousands of dollars into not only through his own campaign, but uh, to lobby uh, lawmakers surrounding uh, you know, gun safety laws and uh, other types of legislation and proposals that uh, are popular among the Democratic uh, presidential candidates. Uh, what do what can we expect come Super Tuesday? And, uh, you know, who might be the front runner here in North Carolina as far as the Democratic nominee for president? So uh, North Carolina is trending, you know, in a very odd way. Um, really, Joe Biden has been in the lead uh, from the very beginning. The first polls um, that, that were from back in May really have shown Joe Biden up ahead. It's kind of been his race. He's been at 39 percent, hovering around 30. Uh, you did see some people, um, I guess they're not listening to the big talker, but some people have been looking at Bernie Sanders a lot more. So the, his numbers have been ticking up a little bit. And you do see uh, the last poll is actually released. Uh, this is from earlier in the week. Um, you have Michael Bloomberg, who went from nothing up to 14 percent. 
Um, so he cut off at least 10 percent of Joe Biden's vote. So I guess those, you know, hundreds of millions of ads are, are doing the work. I know, um, you know, my parents, when they turn on the TV, anytime you got either Michael Bloomberg or Tom Steyer or some other billionaire on TV um, talking about how they're going to change the country. So definitely there's a lot of movement there. I think if you could take the pulse in North Carolina, you know, there's a lot of issues that people are concerned about. Um, the urban-rural divide is a, is a big deal in, in North Carolina. A lot of your listeners know that. Um, there's a lot of stuff in, in Raleigh or Charlotte that are different concerns of people who are outside of those areas. So you are seeing that you know, there is emphasis in bigger cities on gun control. That's definitely where Michael Bloomberg has had a lot of fans. But you know, North Carolina is overwhelmingly a pretty conservative state. Um, bashing the Second Amendment is not going to work. Um, talking about um, taking away people's freedoms when it comes to health care is not necessarily going to work. We have this battle now at the State House. We have this battle in Raleigh over Medicaid expansion. It's not really going that well. And uh, the polls at times are, uh, they kind of waver, but they really show that North Carolinians do at their heart, you know, do prefer to have individual freedom and autonomy. So we'll see what happens for the Democrats. Obviously, this is the Democrats show. Um, it is their own uh, event. That's why the Iowa caucuses happen to be such a debacle. This is something that's privately run. It's not run by the government. It's run by political parties. Uh, not that I would want them in charge of my health care anyway. Uh, but we do see in North Carolina that there is um, at least some movement for, for Michael Bloomberg, a little bit for Bernie. Um, but right now it's still in, in Joe Biden's camp. So we'll see what happens uh, come in March. That'll be interesting. I mean, that's uh, one evil billionaire talking uh, to uh, you know a constituency that uh, despises uh, wealthy people and their success, like a billionaire, like Michael Bloomberg or a Tom Steyer. Isn't that uh, interesting that somehow, some way, Michael Bloomberg has bought himself a spot on the stage tonight in the Democratic debate in New Hampshire? Yeah, I, I, it's really hard to tell. I mean, this is uh, this is not the Democratic Party that we thought it would be. You know, we thought, and Joe, we've been talking about this for a while. We thought this would be the Sanders Party, the you know, the progressive party. But yeah, we're seeing a, a billionaire like Michael Bloomberg who can come in. Who, yeah, he's he's not the best on individual freedom, but you know, he doesn't want the government to control everything. Uh, so there's there's definitely a fight there between the moderates and the ultra progressives. Um, I think North Carolina is a good battleground for that. Uh, you know, this is a very important state electorally. You do have a lot of people, like you have the Buttigieg campaign that's very active in North Carolina. Uh, Joe Biden's people, of course. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in early March. But, you know, maybe uh, the North Carolina spirit will carry on and uh, perhaps provide direction for who the Democratic candidate should be to face off against President Trump. Beyond uh, big gulps and uh, plastic straws, uh, when it comes to... Uh access to consumer issues in North Carolina. What types of uh, topics are popping up on the radar that uh, North Carolinians should should care about and pay attention to as we move through this uh, election cycle? From the, the recent polls that I've seen, uh, you know, we'd think it would be the big issues, immigration, abortion, guns, um, but really it's coming down to the economy. You know, people care about the ability to have a job, to have more in their paycheck, and to provide for their family. Uh, so we're seeing that it's mostly the economy. It's not like in California or New York talk about social justice or um, identity politics. It really is about jobs, about the economy. I mean, South Carolina to the south is, has had a, a pretty large boom uh, here the last couple of years. They've got a lot of great factories. They've got BMW. You've got Mercedes talking about going there. You've got a Boeing plant. Uh, there's been a lot of boom in South Carolina. Some of it has spilled over uh, to North Carolina, but you know, there's still a lot more that can happen. And when you have the shenanigans that happened in Raleigh and uh, standoffs with the governor over the budget, 
you know, that doesn't make people uh, too happy and it doesn't really make them feel secure uh, that they're going to be able to provide for their family. So I think uh, if any uh, Democratic candidate wants to win the day in North Carolina or President Trump in the fall, you got to talk about economic issues, talk about how people are going to have great jobs, they're going to have uh, great incomes, their wages are going to rise. I think that's really key to winning North Carolina. That seems to be the number one issue for right now. Yael Osowski from the Consumer Choice Center. Yael, what can we expect tomorrow on the Consumer Choice radio show that airs at 10 o'clock? Oh, we've got a whole breakdown of the ultimate consumer entertainment week, Joe. We had everything. We had the Super Bowl. We had State of the Union. We had impeachment. We had the acquittal. Uh, it was a crazy week. We give a good breakdown. We've got to play some funny clips. Uh, I think your your listeners might enjoy that. I mean, what a week and what a year. I mean, we're, what, five, six weeks into the new year, and it seems like every day tops uh, the one prior uh, in the news cycle. It's kind of kind of unbelievable. And, uh, well, it provides us plenty to, plenty of stuff uh, to talk about on a daily basis. Uh, no, sh- we're not short for information, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, it's loaded up every day. I think we need another uh, eight or ten Joe Catanachis to break it all down for us in the morning. Well, there's no doubt. No one does it uh, locally like we do right here on the Big Talker FM, Yael. That's why you play such a vital part uh, of our broadcast here on Friday mornings and uh, then tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Look forward to hearing from you tomorrow morning. Thank you, Joe. All the best from Washington, D.C. <sighs> Washington, D.C. Get the hazmat suit and uh, the, the hose. We're going to have to spray off uh, Yael after he parts ways uh, from the swamp if he can get his uh, boots uh, out of the he he needed to bring his uh, snow boots from Davos uh, down to Washington so he can work through that swamp uh, here this morning as he advocates for consumer choice in our nation's capital Yael Osowski from the Consumer Choice Center Consumer Choice Radio Show it airs Saturday mornings 10 o'clock right here on the Big Talker FM we'll wrap it up after this